1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. We're running a few reruns. I'm taking a few days off. I'll be back live on January 3rd. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, November the 28th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. There are 33 days left in 2023. Today on November 28, 1942, fire engulfed the Coconut Grove Nightclub in Boston. It's worth mentioning because it killed 492 people in the deadliest nightclub blaze ever in our country. There are a lot of reasons that they say started a lot of stories about what started that one story I think I've read about that infamous fire back in 1942, was that there was a kid trying to change a light bulb that had burned out in the nightclub, and he struck a match to uh, so he could see to get the bulb into the socket, and the match caught some drapes on fire, and the rest is history. But that is also contested, and there are several other reasons that the fire started. Nonetheless, it did start, and it was deadly. Today in 1520... Portuguese navigator Ferdinand Magellan, he reached the Pacific Ocean after passing through the South American Strait. That strait now bears his name. Today in 1919, American-born Lady Astor, she was elected the first female member of the British Parliament. And today in 1990, Margaret Thatcher resigned as British Prime Minister during an audience with Queen Elizabeth II, The Queen then conferred the premiership on John Major. John Major was no Margaret Thatcher, as I recall. I don't know if you've seen or heard it yet this morning, but just a little while ago, uh, there was a news piece that's out there. You'll hear hear more about it today. Uh, Hunter Biden, the infamous son of President Joe Biden, Says now, through his lawyer, he's willing to testify before the House Oversight Committee. He's willing to testify on December the 13th, according to his uh, lawyer, this morning. They said, but he will not appear in any kind of a closed-door session. He will only appear in a public hearing with the lights on and the doors open. Hunter Biden will be a key witness in the House's impeachment inquiry into his father, President Joe Biden, pending the committee's approval. He says he wants the lights on, the door open for all of America to see. He told the Republicans, he said, you've been through his lawyer. He said, you've been wanting uh, saying that uh, I I should testify because things there's things that America needs to know. And he said, so let's turn on the lights and open the doors. And uh, see where it goes. There are also that it, it I guess is tentatively scheduled for December the 13th. That'll be uh, quite an affair, I'm sure, if it happens. But also uh, Joe Biden's brother James is also in talks with the committee about his appearance and his being questioned, both Hunter and he, under oath. So you'll be hearing a lot about that during this. Christmas season upcoming, and uh, we'll keep you posted on it if you don't want to listen to it. But thanks for being with me today, and always, we so appreciate all of you who listen to this program. I hear from a lot of you, a lot of you I I know I don't. I understand that there's only a percentage of people who respond to any radio or television program like this one um, in relation to the number that listen, but to all of you who listen, whether you agree with me or not, thank you for listening. And I mean that very sincerely. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 has been often quoted, but it bears repeating often. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove... What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God be not conformed to the world philosophy, to the world and the world's ways, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God gives us his plan when we walk with him, when we commit our lives to him, when we accept Jesus Christ as personal savior. He forgives our sins, and he gives us a new way of looking at things. Oh, not that it's perfect, because we're not perfect. God's plan is perfect. God's ways are always perfect. We're imperfect, and sometimes we get a little down. We get discouraged. We mourn certain things that pass or change. But Paul is telling the Romans, and he's telling us today, to be not conformed to this world. Just remember the transforming power of Almighty God in our lives to make us into a new creature, into new people, people that we could not have been otherwise, with hope for eternity. With hope for eternity. Isaiah, the old prophet, he wrote Isaiah 50, 50 verse 7, He said, for the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded or confused. He said, therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. In other words, God won't let me down. He said, I know God's going to be with me, and I'm going to speak the truth, and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm not going to be transformed to the ways of the world, and I'm going to do what the Lord has put on my heart to do, and I'm just going to set my face like a flint on the Lord and his ways, and I'm not going to be confused or confounded about it. There's a lot of confusion in America today. In fact, there's mourning in America today. We're sad. We're very sad. Poll after poll after poll shows that young people are discouraged, many of them, not all, but many of them, are discouraged because they see the opportunities that America once held slipping away. Adults, the same. Sometimes we find ourselves talking to one another saying, Boy, I sure remember the good old days. And you say, Well, Gary, they, old people have always done that. Well, not with the intensity they're doing it today because America has changed a lot. I want to talk to you about that today. There is mourning, sadness in America. There's a loss of hope. I want to talk about that loss of hope, and then I want to talk to you today about the remedy for it. There is is a reason for hope. The American dream holds that every citizen of the United States has a fair opportunity to achieve equal measures of success. Prosperity through hard work, determination, initiative. That has been the American story, the American dream. Intergenerational uh, progress then ensures succeeding generations, not only a share in that success, but to build upon it and to have a better life than their parents had. That used to often be said, I want my kids to have a better life than I. Not suggesting I don't have a good life, but it can be better. You don't hear that so much anymore. There's reasons for that. The Wall Street Journal recently asked respondents whether they believe in the American dream, that if you work hard, you'll get ahead. Do you think that still holds true, they asked. The response was a resounding, no, we don't. In 1984, Americans felt much like they do today. We'd been through the Carter years that were very difficult for the country. There was mourning in America at that time. And Ronald Reagan Ronald Reagan, picked up on that. He was running for a second term as president. He asked America the same question regarding the policies of the left. He said, do you want mourning, sadness, or mourning, daybreak, in America? Well, <clears throat> that served him well. Reagan carried every state in that election, presidential election, except Washington, D.C., and Walter Mondale, his opponent, Walter Mondale's home state of Minnesota. And he wouldn't have won Minnesota had the liberals in Minneapolis not carried him. It was a landslide of epic proportion. He won 58.8% of the popular vote and defeated Mondale by a popular vote margin of 18 points. America is mourning the current state of our union today, is their hope. Polls counter perceived wisdom with more Americans despairing that their hard work will deliver less and their children will not be better off than their own forebears and so on. That is the thought in America today. In fact, it's becoming a fact in the minds of many. The Wall Street Journal asked respondents whether they believe the American dream still holds true. Here are some of the results from that. This was just a few days ago. It's very current. Just 30, excuse me, just 36% said it does not hold true versus 18% who said it never, never held true. And 45% said it was once true, but it's not true anymore. Compare that to surveys back in 2012. And I did in 2016, when 53% and 48% respectively said the American dream held true just a few years ago. Those polls were taken by a different pollster, P-R-R-I, but they had a, a different methodology, but the outcome and the downtrend is clear. It's We're not going in the right direction as a nation. The notable gap exists in the belief in the American dream among different key demographics, although there's a shared disappointment in the ability to do well in an economy that appears stacked against lower paid workers. And a majority of people in these polls are saying that they're saying that all of this stuff that's going on, this DEI, that all of this, this, this equity versus equality thing is killing us. And it is. It is. It isn't producing any kind of equity anyway. And it's killing equality. Where every person receives the benefit of their labor, whatever it is, whether it's thinking or digging a ditch, whatever they do, you get the credit for it. You get paid for it in that case. Breitbart News picked up on this Wall Street Journal poll, and they said despite the lowest rate of it, Unemployment in decades, more than a third of Americans say they're losing ground financially. This is true. In fact, there was a story just the other night on the national news. I forget which network. Um, yes, I watch them sometimes. I hold my nose most of the time. Not only what to what they say, but to the way they say it with that condescending voice. If it has anything to do with conservatism, Christianity, or Donald Trump. Not necessarily in that order. Anyway, they were talking about the fact that Americans, for the first time in, I think they said, 30 or 40 years, are now living off their credit card. In other words, they're not able to pay all their bills every month. And so some of their key costs, like living costs, like utilities and so on in the home, they are putting on a credit card. That is not a path to success, but you do what you have to do. Half of the voters feel life in America has worsened over the past 50 years and believe the political and the economic system is stacked against them. There's a majority of people that feel that way compared to previous polls. The percentage of people who believe the American dream was never a reality more than doubled. They're even questioning if America was ever a good place. Their children, if not, they themselves have been taught by public education that America is a terrible place. It was birthed out of the desire, the lust for slavery and so on. It's a lie, but it is having an effect. Another NBC poll last week, they found a record low NBC. They don't want to report this, but they make it public anyway because they have to. NBC poll last week, a record low 19% of respondents said they were confident their children's generation would be better off than their own. That's the lowest level the poll has ever recorded on this question. Back to 1990. What's that? 33 years. NBC reported, quote, I'm quoting NBC, simply put, 2023 has been a year of mourning for America. They used that word mourning. (laughs) sad morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. The Democratic pollster, Jeff Horwitz and Hart Research Associates, he conducted the poll along with a GOP pollster, Bill McErniff, I think that's how you pronounce his name, of Public Opinion Strategies. They also said those numbers are consistent with other recent NBC surveys showing persistent negative views on the nation's direction, with 73% of voters saying in September The country's on the wrong track. We've got to change. The third straight survey where more than 70% of voters said the country is on the wrong track. Three in a row. 70% say we're on the wrong track. One of the problems that we have when we realize we're on the wrong track in America with our republic, with some democracy, One of the problems that we have is that the left and the right are pretty much dug in and rooted in what they believe. One is conformed to this world. The other is not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds, a work of God through his son, Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit in our lives. So you find that there's two very different camps here. And these people that come out here and say, well, we're going to have a, a meeting and we're going to we're going to compromise and we're going to come together and we're going to have unity. They're never going to have unity. I'm not going to change my beliefs to have unity with somebody who believes and advocates abortion and advocates transgenderism and all that. I'm not going to have unity with them. Maybe I'm the only one. I know I'm not. But I'm not going to have unity with them because my spirit is not in unity with their spirit. My mind is not in unity with their mind. It just isn't going to happen. I'm going to be in unity with God and his word to the best of my ability, asking him to forgive me when I am not. And I think a lot of people feel that way. But we see the problems and we see that we're on the wrong path. We see the disastrous path that we're on in America today. And the answer to the left, about half of America now, including some who profess to be evangelical Christians, to about that half of America, they say, well, we just need to elect another person with the same beliefs. Joe Biden is getting a little old, a little halting in his step, and more than a little, but so we need, to, we need Gavin Newsom or whomever. And somehow they think, voila, we're going to change. I mean, look at the the track in Seattle with mayors and so on. Cities like Seattle and Portland and others, they keep electing people from the same bank of people. They believe the same things that the previous one did that messed up the city. And it just keeps getting worse. And they go, well, we need more money. So they spend more money. Oh, that didn't fix. That didn't help. Well, let's elect X, Y, Z. He or she will be able to fix the problem, but he or she holds the same values that these people hold, and those are the values that's destroying America and destroying individual lives as well. That's that's the world view that Paul told the Romans that he told you and me not to be conformed to, but to be transformed by the power of God. We've not seen this level of sustained pessimism in the history of the polling, these people are saying. And they haven't. Is there a reason for hope? I mean, it it sounds so final and so desperate. I mean, the cities are liberal. Can you see Seattle voting for Donald Trump or King County or Multnomah County in Oregon and Portland? I don't think so. Or whomever, I mean, pick pick a Republican. It doesn't matter who it is. Pick somebody that's kind of conservative. It doesn't matter if they're not far left. If they're not a Gavin Newsom type, they're not going to get elected. There were some good people that were involved in that whole effort in California to unseat Gavin Newsom, Larry Elder, and some of those people are outstanding people. They're bright. They're good politicians. They're conservative. In Larry's case, he claims to be a born-again Christian. I believe him. I believe he is. But it didn't happen because there is no unity. There is a division, and the division is based not on ideology but on deeply held religious beliefs, even for the non-religious. It all comes down. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, everyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Then he went on to say that everyone who hears his words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Well, I know you've heard this story, but it all comes down to this. Abraham Lincoln understood that truth. Joe Biden and the secular left do not understand that truth. In fact, they reject that truth, and they continue building our house on sand. Mourning is the result, and I'm not talking about a beautiful sunrise. We are in a state of mourning. Building on the sand is easier than building on a rock. It costs less. It's faster. The foolish person thinks anything can go wrong, but it probably won't. But if it does, all that's needed is to unplug or press the reset button, count to 10, plug it back in. That's the culture we live in today. Oh, we'll just reset, pull the plug, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, plug it in. Ah, my computer's fine now. A simple reboot usually works when the cable television goes out, but we reboot our phones and our computers to solve so many of our problems. But that's not the way it works in real life. So many people fail to realize life is connected. We're not little islands out here by ourselves. They seem to think a simple reboot will work with a marriage and kids and relationships and family and jobs and morality and finances. You name it. Their country. Oh, get a reboot. Who else have we got? Well, we have Kamala Harris. She'll make a good president. Right. People today say with the wrong worldview. They say things like, if it doesn't work out, I'll just get reburied. If it doesn't work out, I'll just move out and find somebody else. If it doesn't work out, I'll just file bankruptcy. It's no big deal. I'll just hit the reset button and reboot. There's nothing to worry about. It can be fixed. Just do it. Pursuing leftist Marxist philosophies instead of Judeo-Christian values, which were the bedrock of the, our nation's founding, as consequences. Our nation is experiencing those consequences. That's why we are in a state of mourning today. A reboot won't fix these kinds of problems. You can get a new job, you can get remarried, you can move to a new house, or even to a new town. You can start over. You can elect a new person to office who makes all the kind of promises that you wanted to hear. And yet in the end, they're going to fall into one of two categories. Either they are or they are not someone who believes in the principles upon which this nation was founded, the eternal principles of God. We can elect these people to office, sometimes with great hopefulness and anticipation, but they will miserably fail if they don't believe the only true eternal values that exist they can deny that they exist they can talk about all kinds of relativism and all of this but in the end their words won't change the truth the truth stands so if we could turn on the light just enough to see the truth our nation would be fixed (laughs) and it wouldn't be a reboot it would be a transformation from our being conformed to the principles of the world, which are 100% failing principles. Until we Americans choose a new direction, things are never going to change, and ultimately we'll reach a point where we cannot change the culture. It'll be too far gone. Thomas Jefferson, in one of his letters, was asking one of his colleagues, one of our other founding fathers, he said, have you ever seen a nation... That has gone over the cliff with liberal type policies, come back, or a democracy fail that has come back. And they agreed they had not seen that, and they had reviewed world history in preparation for writing our own constitution. Until we Americans choose a new direction, things will never change. Excuse me, and ultimately, We'll reach a point where we cannot change. It'll be too late. Eventually, you'll have to tear down what you've built and start over. A house divided cannot stand. Lincoln reminded America it will become all of one thing or all of another. That's true. It's true in your personal life as well. Jesus went on to tell us that about the outcome when we build on the sand. He said, The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Matthew 7:27 There is a reason for hope. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 34, righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. So what is sin? It's what God says it is. It's not what public education says it is. It's not what entertainment says it is. It's not what Joe Biden says it is. Sin is what God says is sin. And God doesn't categorize things as sin so that you won't have fun in your life and fulfillment. He categorizes certain things as sin so you won't self-destruct. And that would apply to a nation as well. So there is a reason for hope. Sin is a reproach. Righteousness exalted. It's mourning in America if we embrace righteous principles. It's mourning and mourning and mourning in America if we don't. If America is to recover, spiritual renewal will precede political renewal. We can't expect to change the country by voting in imperfect people's office and ignoring the spiritual part of all of this. The church must take leadership. The wind and the rain are blowing, the nation is in distress. When Christians vote for political leaders who claim to be Christian but embrace leftist, Marxist, secular ideologues, we're building on the sand. It's that simple. We cannot allow the winds to blow out our candle in the darkness, silence our voice in the noise of the culture, or destroy the foundations that built a new nation under God that impacted the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the hope for tomorrow. That's what's at stake. Your life, your family, and your country. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.